Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Severe Utah weather. Special coverage with David Dijanovic. If you're trying to keep track of all the schools that have been canceled, delayed, um, or are on time this morning, um, yeah, you're going to have to go to the complete list because it's long. It's on kslnewsradio.com. Uh, but this, I think this storm caused a lot of confusion and chaos for the past couple of days because some areas just got a few inches, like where Dave lives. Others got a few feet. So it was messy. There are a few things that I hate more than that 5 a.m. robocall from the school district. <laughs> because it's kind of like school roulette. Like You don't know what they're going to tell you. Are they going to cancel it? Is it going to be a remote learning day? Is it just going to be a two-hour delayed start? That's the favorite of the Davis School District right now. It's like, we're not going to cancel it. We're not going to do remote learning. We're just going to do a two-hour delayed start. We're going to let start. you slip and slide at 10 a.m. Yeah. instead of yeah, 7 a.m. So much better. <laughs> and and that's what this is right now, right? A two-hour delayed start is right around 10 o'clock right now. So the these two-hour delayed starts, kids are starting to arrive to school. And you look outside and you're like, oh, it's pretty nice. It seems like a pretty good time to go to school. The question we're asking, though, is why don't school districts – make this call way earlier. Why do they have to wait till 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. to give that robocall to all the parents? This is what the Granite School District said. And this was, when did they say this to us? Was this on Tuesday? Tuesday, okay. We don't make decisions based on forecasts because, frankly, forecasts are never 100% correct. And that is true, right? I mean, obviously, you're you're trying to make a decision with the best available information. And what I hear uh, Ben Horsley of the Granite School District saying is, until we see the snow on the ground, until we know that the snowplow drivers are able to clear uh, the way for school buses or clear the parking lots, we're not going to make that call. And unfortunately for parents, you're not going to get that information probably until 5 or 6 a.m. day of. Most of our middle-income or higher-income families, uh, that's not going to be an impact for them. And frankly, they'll stay home and, and go skiing, um, regardless of what we decide to do. It's uh, the other 60% of our families who are at risk, and those kids don't necessarily have access to meals at home. And I think ultimately what, what I want to know is, why don't we just say early on, just plan on remote learning. Mm. Just plan on it. And, and on Tuesday, think, when we were discussing, we knew this was coming. We knew there was going to be a big storm. Now, of course, we don't know how big it's going to be. It turned out to be a monster, 
a top ten <laughs> storm, right? This was huge. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't always play out that way. I can't tell you how many times we've done like snowmageddon tomorrow, and it was like a wimpy little storm. Sometimes that happens. Well, yeah, I was I was just sitting here yesterday and, and navigating this this snowstorm and our coverage, and we were taking lots of phone calls from our listeners who were out in it had just driven in it, were shoveling their way through it. Um, something really came to light for me, and that is that I think we missed as a, as a community, um, more broadly as a state, an opportunity for a cohesive decision that made sense across the board for all families. You look at me like, man, maybe not. But I, I do. I think that this one should have come from the top, uh, and the district's, um, that we're all scrambling and huddling and trying to figure out to do with their individual districts. Um, we should we everybody should have come to the table and it should have been more cohesive from the Davis district to the Salt Lake City School District to the Granite District to the Tooele Di- School District uh, and and Murray and beyond instead of all of these individual robocalls going out. So I noticed that and it was it was listener Randy who really drove this point home. So. So here you have Randy, who is, uh, you know, husband extraordinaire. His wife is a school teacher in the Davis School District. They live in Mill Creek on the east side of Salt Lake County. She's worried about driving because you said Davis had schools, right, yesterday, Dave? Your kids were in school? Yeah. Kind of odd, though. We had a little mishmash of schools. The elementaries were delayed for two hours, but the high schools were... Right on time. Okay. So they start regular day. So even wow. even within the school districts, there's no consistency from school wow. to school. That I, that I did not realize. Um, but you were right in the middle of that because that's where your kids go. Yeah. And Randy drives his wife from Mill Creek up to Davis County, and then he gets back home, and he's like, okay, this is I'm putting words into Randy's mouth, but he's like, this is madness, right? This is madness. I, I mean, like, we just, we we can remote learn now, right? We know how to do that. Yeah, I uh, we live in East Mill Creek, but my wife uh, is a teacher in Davis District. I, I just really question whether the districts care at all about their their staff and their teachers when we've learned so much from COVID. And yet they uh, uh, can't plan ahead a uh, remote learning day, give teachers a chance to plan for it uh, and announce it plenty of time in advance. Because, you know, teachers don't live right next to the school. Maybe the kids do, but the teachers don't. And it just doesn't seem to be uh, a point of consideration in their paradigm. Something that I really hadn't thought of. Uh, I just assumed, I guess, that teachers, janitors, uh, the cooking staff just live close because I live close, right? My kids go to the the closest school to our home, but that's not the case. A lot of times you've got teachers that are living uh, two or three cities away and they have to commute in. And this is a great example. Working in Davis School District, which we didn't get a lot of snow, you know, Six inches, maybe four to six inches. It was not a ton of snow like you guys saw down here in Salt Lake. But if you're traveling from Mill Creek, which is, again, Snowmageddon, 
and it and you're trying to get to Davis, that is that is a nightmare. I think you told me of a story yesterday that a, that a teacher took about three hours yeah. to get to school. Yeah, yeah, and you go you go from maybe you live uh, in you know Magna, and you've got to commute uh, to a district in Utah County yeah. that's decided to do late start, or you uh, not or only not a teacher, but you're a member of the staff. Uh, you are a janitor. You're you run the cafeteria at the school. And I thought I'd heard this is what was so wild to me yesterday is I thought I'd heard many of our state departments and even the governor say, look, if you can stay home, yeah. do. So this is what brings me back to our point about where's the cohesiveness when it comes to deciding Two-hour delay start, three-hour delay start, remote learning, no high schools in, but elementary schools on delay. Uh, Where is the cohesiveness? Why do we have this patchwork approach when we now know this? maybe the only thing we can thank COVID for is (laughs) kids have laptops at home. We know how to remote learn. Schools did it for way longer than parents would prefer. Why? Why would we not make it more cohesive? But maybe there are good reasons I'm not. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm not understanding. Yeah. I I wonder if we have a little PTSD when it comes to remote learning. Like It was such a bad experience for so many people that we're, we're avoiding it at all costs. When I just don't see the downside. Say, for example, on Tuesday, uh, we'd come across that we expect this huge mm-hmm. storm. Again, you you talked about the governor. The governor tweeted that out on Tuesday. He said, we're expecting a major snowstorm starting tonight. If you can, we encourage you to work remotely. Stay safe, Utah. That was from the governor, right? So why didn't we just say, okay, let's do remote learning tomorrow. Just plan on it, parents. I'm going to give you, parents, not two hours notice. I'm going to give you 12, 14, 16 hours notice to find uh, uh, some daycare to stay home, to call your boss and say, hey, can I work remotely? There's a lot of things you can do in 12 hours that you can't do in two hours. And we're not going to make teachers and school staff brave 24 inches of snowdrifts to get to work in a different county or a different city. Exactly. And, and then think of this. Worst case scenario, the big one doesn't hit. You know, it, it's a little sprinkling. You can say, all right, never mind business as usual, just come to school, or you just have a remote working day. You just have a remote learning day. You just do it anyway. Big deal. So how many times are we going to do this in in a school year? Half a dozen at most? We're talking about six days, six days of remote learning. And that's if you just plan it out on all the big storms. I don't see the downside to it. All right, let's take phone calls. 801-575-TALK. Should the governor... The school board, the board of education, or the state superintendent, somebody, you called it earlier when we launched the show. The snow days are. <laughs> Decide. 
Should we have a snow day, Czar? Yeah. Set something that is uniform instead of this patchwork mishmash way that the school districts are handling it now. Severe Utah weather special coverage with Dave and Janovic. Taking live phone calls right now at 801-575-TALK. Do you feel like after yesterday's messiness with so many different school schedules that we need a snow day czar, someone who can make the decision easy for school districts? Just from a 30,000 foot up level, say, you get a snow day, you get a snow day, you get a snow day. <laughs> I tell you, the, the snow day czar is intriguing because it is a mishmash of, you have no idea. Like, I had no idea yesterday that the elementaries in my school district were delayed for two hours, but my son went to high school just normal day. Like, they didn't adjust those times at all. That was really strange. It's hard to keep track of what's going on when you have kind of this all-over-the-place scheduling coming from every single district. We're asking for your live phone calls at 801-575-TALK. I know the superintendent of the Tooele School District is waiting on the line. He heard our shout-out for live calls. Um, They got buried in Tooele. They did. And I know that they canceled school or went to remote virtual learning today again. Uh, I also want to give a shout-out to Randy in Mill Creek, who called the show and brought this to our attention yesterday during the mayhem of Snowmageddon of February of 2023. He'd just gotten back from dropping his wife off. He'd driven her from Mill Creek in Salt Lake County up to Davis County, where she's a school teacher. I just really question whether the districts care at all about their their staff and their teachers. Teachers don't live right next to the school. Maybe the kids do, but the teachers don't. And it just doesn't seem to be uh, a point of consideration in their paradise. Well, let's just ask... Uh... One of those guys in charge, Dr. Mark Ernst, who is the superintendent of the Tooele County School District. Uh, Dr. Ernst, thanks for joining us. Yeah, you're very welcome. I am happy to, to add to the conversation. Are you buried right now? Yeah, we're, I, we're, it's pretty rough out here in Tooele. I'm driving around, uh, checking in on all the schools. And uh, the interesting thing now is we're dealing with a lot of wind, so we have really high snow drifts we're trying to move. But uh, yeah, it, it's a lot of snow out here in, in Tooele. What about the idea of a snow czar, somebody you know, from Capitol Hill or from the state office or state board of education who ultimately makes the decision to cancel schools, maybe in a, a swath of counties that are going to be consumed by a snowstorm like we had yesterday, instead of having you know, teachers and staff zigzag back and forth during days like yesterday? What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, that is an intriguing idea, and you're right. It would have to be, you know, geographical areas <clears throat> that are all together. Uh, there was a time earlier this year where the Salt Lake districts uh, went on a remote day, and we didn't out here in Twilla because it didn't impact us. Uh, and so it would have to be a group of nearby counties, and then, yeah, one person that, that communicates with all those superintendents to – to know what's going on and, and then get the word out. Can you walk us through a little bit? What I feel is a hesitancy 
to do remote learning. I don't know if it's PTSD because we had such a bad experience during COVID, but it feels like we're bending over backwards when it seems like the answer is just right in our face. Say, stay home, we'll do remote learning. Is there a hesitancy? Yeah, I I do think you're correct that there is a little bit of a hesitancy. And I think the first thing comes down to is there's no doubt that in-person instruction is better. That that is our, our ideal situation. However, when you factor in that we do know how to do remote learning and we can provide a pretty good alternative for our students, that we should take advantage of that. And that is the exact reason why we extended our remote learning to today is we know what we're doing. There's really no downside. Uh, our, our students and families are familiar with the remote learning, and it gives our custodial staff, our maintenance workers, extra time to dig out from from such a crazy snowstorm that, like you said, it's it doesn't happen very often. And so when it does, let's take advantages of the tools we have at our disposal. All right. Superintendent of the Tooele School District, thank you so much. Did, I, did, we, did we just find our new snow czar? <laughs> snow day czar, Dr. Mark what Ernst. You, what, what do you think? <laughs> you get the power. <laughs> well, maybe so. We'll see. Okay. All right. Well, you guys stay safe out there in the Tooele Valley. Dr. Mark Ernst, who's the superintendent of the Tooele County School District, thanks so much for uh, joining the conversation. Doug from West Valley City, good morning. What do you think about this idea of a statewide snow are for schools i don't think it works very well because you've got so much different snow in different areas that i think it needs to go on a case-by-case basis but to think that it's all you know even with 12 hours notice for families to give a to be able to find the sitter does not always work Uh, in my case it doesn't work and it's pretty naive Dave said he can't find the downside to it. Well, he's pretty naive then because, you know, most of us had to go to work and we had to brave the snow. I work in a company of about 120 people and we only had four people who didn't show up, including people who drove little Honda Accords that sit three inches off of the ground. They still made it. Yeah, Yeah, I I get it. There's there's a lot of people that can kind of tough it out. I I just know... That two, uh, that five a.m. phone call, that robo call, and when we're scrambling trying to to make uh, arrangements, uh, twelve hours way better for us than two hours. Jeff uh, from West Valley, let's get you in on the conversation as well. Uh, what do you think about some cohesive decision making uh, regarding snow days and schools? Well, I, I think that uh, I think that the the snows are is a pretty cush job i'd like to apply for it we like some we like some fat we in our government that it was a volunteer position did we but go ahead jeff oh, okay. give us your take <laughs> so i've got elementary junior high and high school students and it's definitely insanity across all the all the the, the court coordination of it but i will say too though that um I wonder how it's going to affect kids and people's work ethic. You know, we've got family members that don't have an option to go to work or not, you know, nurses, gas station attendants and whatnot, and they have to get there. And it seems like, you know, when things like this come up, uh, our students stay at home. It's not. Mm, we would much rather be in school and, uh, so, yeah, I just wonder how it affects the work ethic when you're raising kids that are 
yeah. um, you know, able yeah. to stay at home and do things differently. Yeah, it would be a problem if our, our firefighters and our police officers couldn't show up to work because they had to stay home and be with the kids all day, like on a day like yesterday when they were scrambling all over the place to get to people who needed help. So you bring up some great points. Yeah, if this was if this was happening all the time, I, I would I would totally agree with you, Jeff. Uh, I think for the handful of times it really does affect us. You know, at most two or three, four times a year, uh, we know how to do it. Uh, ease the burden on on uh, the faculty, the staff in the schools. We can do it. We can do remote learning. Why not take advantage of that? I think the world is changing. Not just from an educational uh, stance, but from uh, work from home. You know, I mean, th- this is something that you and I can do at our job. It's the modern workplace. Remote working is part of it. You've got to learn how to still work from home. Well, I just want to add to that that while we can, I didn't always have that ability, and a lot of people don't have the ability to work from home. I mean, a doctor cannot perform an emergency surgery in the ER from his kitchen. So I I think it's a great conversation. Maybe we didn't come up with any firm answers, but we floated something out there, and we certainly have our first candidate for the job. Right, Superintendent? It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought... I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.